A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of The DNA Airwaves. Each episode of this podcast is recorded at the MPL Toronto. The MPL is essentially three studios in one. It's a film space, an audio post-production suite, and a full-scale recording studio that are all integrated under one roof. You can film a movie, have a photo shoot, record or produce your own song, and much, much more. Check them out at the-mpl.com. It's also brought to you by The DNA Project. The DNA Project is a one-stop shop for all of your entertainment needs. Anything from a corporate gala, larger small weddings, recording sessions, or just a guitar serenade for a loved one, they got you covered. They also make the process so easy from start to finish, taking away any of the stress from planning live entertainment. Please check them out online before your next event at thednaproject.ca. The incredibly talented drummer Rob Beatdown Brown is our guest today. In addition to being fortunate enough to play and perform on some of the biggest stages internationally, Rob also created a YouTube channel that has grown to over 200,000 subscribers. Since his first instructional video upload back in 2008, his goal has always been to share his knowledge of this instrument with as many drummers as he could across the globe. In this episode, we discuss why he decided to create the channel and keep it free. We also talk to him about how he got started in music and his approach to being versatile in this incredibly unpredictable industry. It was a great chat and we hope you guys enjoy it. This is the DNA Airwaves. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to this talk. Um, This is going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to this because we have a great guy with us. We have somebody who's doing something in a way that not everybody else has been able to, and it's really cool. And by that, I mean we have a drummer, Rob Beatdown Brown. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Let me finish my sentence. (laughs) Beatdown Brown, who is a YouTube sensation. You got these really cool tutorials for drummers of all levels. And myself, not a drummer, have still taken a real fascination and liking to what you've been doing. So thanks for joining us. We're going to rack your brain a little bit today and just have some fun. Do it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Appreciate you coming in. So let's actually let's just start right there. How did you get started with YouTube videos? I know it's been it's been a good stretch now. Yeah. Um, well, I, I had I started my channel. I think it was like 2006, 2006, 2007. It was pretty wow. much right when YouTube pretty much kicked off. Yeah. So okay. I jumped on like right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always had it. My channel's been up for quite a long time, but I didn't actually really start to pursue it until maybe like 2015 or something, 2016 or something like that. Um, Up until then, I was just kind of throwing up 
the video every now and then just to, you know, just for the heck of it. Like I didn't have any kind of schedule or, or anything like right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day, and then. this was after um, YouTube decided to, to offer uh, the, the opportunity to monetize their channels. Right. Okay. And I forgot that I checked that option. So one day I was checking, I just decided to go into my analytics and uh, I was checking my channel and I saw that I made like $15.38 or something and I flipped out. Yeah. Rich. <laughs> because it's like, like holy man, like I just made $15 making videos in my house and, uh, and I got super excited. And retired so, right there, huh? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, anyways, Good job. <laughs> so um, after I saw that, I'm like, okay, well, this this could be kind of cool. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. I used to I, I worked at a music store for a good bit. Um, I used to work at Law McQuaid for about eight years. Oh. Which one? Yeah. The one in Oshawa, the Oshawa location. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. I was you? maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for a while, and then I left my job in uh, 2012 to pursue like full-time career in music. But when I left, I left with the intention of becoming like a full-time like touring recording musician. So after that, you know, the next three years after I left, I had some things lined up where it was comfortable enough for me to eventually drop down to part-time and then slowly transition my way to full-time musician right which was a bit it was a bit of a leap but you know it's just one of those if you're gonna do it just do it go for it yeah yeah um so i took the leap and then for the next three years man like it went pretty good like i did a lot of cool stuff um in in the next three or four years or so and then 2016 hit and i had a really super crappy 2016 um i was dealing with this pinched nerve thing and I couldn't oh, carry nice. any gear around couldn't do any gigging or anything like that like my whole left arm was kind of fried oh no yeah so I had to take a I had to take a break from doing everything so that year um geez I hardly worked at all and that for me was a big kind of eye-opening moment because it was like okay can I keep doing this or am I gonna have to get right a real job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that, how could you get um, a real job with one bad hand? Well, that's the thing. Like even that. Right. And then the right, other thing right. too, is that for, for a lot of years previous, I just been working retail. So what am I going to go back to? Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to retail. Exactly. So I was at this kind of crossroads. Um, and then I just, one day I was sitting down and I was thinking, you know what? Because at that point, I looked at my channel again and I saw that I had around 17,000 subscribers or something like that. Right. So my channel was doing pretty good with no maintenance. Right. Mm -hmm. Just throwing up videos whenever I felt like it and, you know, not worrying about making any money off them or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. people stepped kind of, people kept kind of sort of gravitating to the channel. So I was like, all right, if I decide to put all my energy into this, channel i could probably turn it into something mm. and that's pretty much how it happened and when you decided to take that leap and dedicate you know more of your efforts to youtube 
when did you mm-hmm. start to see that actually start to pay off for you or your return on it uh it took off really quick i went from seventeen thousand subs to like a year later i had about thirty five thousand, and then Ooh, another wow. like nine months or so after that i hit 50 right and then um people just started really connecting with the content and that it was at that point probably at the point that i hit like 30 35,000 mm-hmm Okay. Um, I knew I had something because doors started opening up. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Different opportunities started happening as a result of just the channel being out there. Let's uh, so, let's break that down a little. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, no, yeah. I just wanted to follow up on what you've been saying there. Um, so you said that you, you t- when you started to take it seriously and you started mm-hmm. to get more subs. What are some of the changes that you started to make as far as just your approach to developing the channel to take it from I, casual to something bigger than that? Yeah. Um, well, when I decided to, at the end of 2016, when I decided that I was going to pursue it, I'd made the decision that I was just going to invest a little bit into this for January 2017. So... Right. I took my credit card, went, and I picked myself up a really good camera. Okay. Okay. And uh, and I, I bought a couple of um, just like video software plugins and stuff like that. Okay. And then I decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna rebrand this whole channel and I'm gonna make it look like a TV show. Like I want a proper intro, proper mm-hmm. outro. I'm gonna produce content you know with intent with a beginning and a middle and an end and all that stuff and and i'm gonna i'm gonna drop two videos a week that was like 2017 yeah so it started with that like i just went out and i bought a really good camera and and just started learning about you know just how to put together a really good video from start to finish and do you so think just changing the production was one of the catalysts um, to people caring more about the, the content. I think it was a it was a major right. catalyst. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're gonna do this, take notes. You gotta folks. take your, yeah. You gotta take yeah. your channel seriously, man. Like you can't right. You know, just keep in mind the environment that you're shooting in, the lighting that you're using. Make sure the audio is good, like all of that stuff. Don't just right, put up right. your phone and click record hope and for the best. Yeah. hope for the best and think that's good enough, right? Everybody's yeah. got a phone pers- now. It's not competitive anymore. It's not. That's it's true. really not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like right. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you might have been able to get away with that. Mm-hmm. But these days, because there are so many resources and even phones now are shooting in 4K, um, there's no excuse. Like if your stuff right. doesn't look hot, it's not. It doesn't cut it. It's not. Yeah, yeah, you got. Yeah, yeah. It just won't cut it, right? So, but at the time, you could still kind of get away with, you know, going halfway with it. Right. But, but for me, like, I just, I wanted to just, I wanted to go full out. Like, if this was going to be my thing, I wanted to look like I'm, I'm sort of taking it seriously. So. Yeah, it makes sense. um, So how, how, so you, you were at 35,000 around there. And it's actually Mm -hmm. funny because when I looked at your channel, I don't know what I was doing, but I must have misread the numbers. I thought you had 25,000. But when I went back and looked, I was like, oh, wait a minute. 
completely different <laughs> ball game oh. here. So, yeah, I was like, oh man, what's wrong? So, how did you, um, what were the, like the next steps? So now you're at like 35, you got better set up, you are paying more attention to the, the quality of the content, being more intentional mm-hmm. about how you're putting things up. Did things just start to open up because of that or those reasons or was there more that had to happen to get you even further to the next level? Um, things really just started to happen as a result of just taking it seriously. Because not all of it is in your hands. Like people eventually still have to find what you're doing. Right. So yeah. you just kind of develop, like when, when you have a channel, your content's really good. You sort of get this kind of crowd mentality thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like if you're walking up Young Street and you see something happening over there, you're going to curious about heading over there and checking out what's going, what's going on, on yeah. right? For sure. The, the more momentum your channel gets because people keep checking it out, the more other people get curious about it. Mm-hmm. So then they come over and say, okay, let me click on this dude's video and see what he's saying. And then if they dig the content, they just hit subscribe and then they keep coming back. That's basically how your channel grows. Right. Right. It's, it's, um, it's a very sort of organic process. So as long as, you, as long as you're consistent and your content's good, your channel's going to grow. That's basically... That's all there is to it. Like, there's really not much you can do to accelerate. How important is consistency, would you say? Sorry, it's I didn't mean super to important. cut you off. No, no. It's all good, man. Uh, it's super important. If you're going to decide to do this, then you can't, you can't half-ass it. You know what I mean? You have to... Yeah. Why? Sure. What happens if you miss a week? If you miss a week, then, you know, people just will start stop to become... Attention. To stop paying attention to you. Short you know attention I mean? span these days. Yeah. Really, it's that yeah. quick. It's that quick. I mean, you can mm. if you're if you're already if, if your channel's already going and you miss a couple of weeks, you're kind of cool. But when you're just getting started, it's important to just bang them out. Just one a week is fine. You don't have to go nuts yeah. and go two two videos a week, three videos a week, because even one video a week is a lot of work. Like over two days, sure. yeah, it's a lot of work. So don't burn yourself out thinking that you got to throw up you know, tons and tons of content every week. Um, one video is good, but the consistency of that is important. Like if you're, gonna, if you're going to commit, then commit. Do it every Thursday, every Friday, whatever. That the CEO of Coca-Cola in an interview was saying that they can't stop advertising even for one week. And if they were to stop advertising even for one week, they would lose, like they would basically go under, according to him. And that's, I, I really took that to heart because people love Coca-Cola. And right. e- even with all that, if, if they're not reminded and not given content, even where the content is the Coca-Cola, even in that situation, you still have to keep advertising and showing what you're doing constantly to, to remain in the back of their minds. Absolutely. Yeah. You got you to gotta stay relevant, man. That's it. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, if you're going to do it, it's it's all or nothing. Like if you do, if you, if if your objective is to eventually make money making videos on YouTube, you got no choice. It's got to be consistent right. and it's got to be good. So, yeah. gotcha. how do you take vacations? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I can't lie and and tell you that my work week is hard cuz it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. I work about I love it. 
I love I it. I work about two days a week, man. Two, three days a That's week. That's a real job, man. You said earlier, yeah. real job versus a musician. I was just waiting for you to say something that proves that being a musician is a real job. Dude. You're, you're killing it, man. Yeah, 100%. I had to get that out, man. Thank 100%. You. I'm done but, here, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't want to, um, I don't want to give people the impression that this is like a super stressful, hard job or whatever. If you decide that you're going to, that you're going to do three videos a week, then it will be. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I try to put all my energy into one really good video a week and that takes up about two days out of the week. And then that leaves me time during the week to do other stuff. But, um, but you know, that's, that's, that's enough. That's enough to, to maintain a, 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 a good channel. So have you ever gotten like now that you've gotten such a big following, have you ever thought about maybe leaving YouTube and maybe switching to something else like a different platform? Um, like Patreon. Yeah, because I just well, I, see I am, that a lot of people are I've been making that switch lately. And I just I know a lot of people are happy with the YouTube model. But has there ever been right. once you've gotten like, you know, you have a big, strong subscriber base of taking it and moving it elsewhere? At right now, no. Because right. as long for as long as YouTube's been around, it's still growing. Right. For like sure. true. Yeah. The thing the thing about it is that a lot of people may not even know about YouTube is that there is an entire sort of ecosystem created for creators like there's an entire yeah. team out in california dedicated to helping creators do their thing specifically so there's, in youtube oh yeah right yeah there's a there's a ton of resources um and they're constantly making things available for for us to make our channels better can and, you give um, our audience us, an example of that just so they can understand what type of resources youtube does make available for creators yeah for sure um after your channel has reached a certain level, which I think yeah. now is, I can't remember if it's like a thousand subscribers and I don't know, 50,000 to watch minutes or something. I can't remember what the numbers are. But anyways, when your channel reaches a certain level, then you're open, you're opened up to a lot more assistance from YouTube itself. So what okay. happens is, you get a whole sort of back-end set of analytics for every single video that you put up. Right. And right. it keeps okay. track of everything. You can keep track right. of your demographic, um, how many people are watching videos, what time they're watching. So you can really kind of cater your channel to a very specific market to make sure that your channel grows. Yeah. Got you. So you got access to everything, man. You know exactly how many people are watching in every single part of the world. Right. Um, they'll you tell even you know when they how drop long out. they're watching. Yeah. Um, they'll tell you what videos are connecting more than that. Like they'll tell you everything. Yeah. Awesome. So you can use all of that stuff. It's actually highly advisable that you do use that stuff because right. it'll help you to sort of For sure. carve out your channel and make it very specific for your audience. And when you do that, it just helps with, uh, with growth. 
and stuff. Can I ask yeah, you, as, as a drummer, you're talking about your injury making it hard for you to, to set up and um, physical injuries for musicians are are a big problem, but that, um, mm-hmm. for guitarists and carpal, carpal tunnel and all that, but for drummers specifically, I feel like drummers get the short end of the stick pretty much every time when it comes to setup, when it comes to teardown, when it comes to practice. I remember I spent most of my drumming childhood not being able to play because drums are loud and you have to go to them um and the same thing goes with setup and broadcast and all that right not not that it's easy but a guitarist can basically plug in straight into their interface and go um do you have any stories or tips for drummers because i it's also i think it's unfair if if guitarists if people want to plug in and present what they're doing to the world easily especially during the pandemic drummers have to take that extra step of setting up the drums having a place for them miking everything up do you have any tips or solutions for drummers starting out that kind of want to figure that out but it seems like too much of a daunting task for them um well i mean unfortunately on that side of things like there's really kind of no way around it like you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta slap your own gear around right that's just part of the job yeah. um the only thing you can try to do is lighten your load as much as possible so um depending on what type of drummer you are like if you're in a band and you have to have a 15 piece kit behind you because it's part of your setup then yeah. that's one thing but if you're just working in the city then you can really you can get the job done with very little so for me, like when I had the pinched nerve thing, that's one of the things that I really had to, to, to make a priority is lightening my load. Because my hardware bag, I had like five or six stands in my hardware bag, and the thing weighed a ton. And I keep my stuff in the basement. So getting them up the stairs and all that stuff right. was a big pain. So I just went out yeah. and started to look for the lightest possible stands ever. And you cannot imagine how much easier that'll make your job like just lightening your hardware bag because your hardware bag is is most of it all the other ones are just individual pieces you can carry shells are pretty easy yeah shells are pretty easy right um but your hardware bag that's what can really throw your back out if you're not careful so you know there's stands out there that you can get that are super thin really lightweight but sturdy enough to last any gig like as as long as you're not Mm chucking it in the back of a tour bus every week. If all you're doing is driving to your own gigs, then yeah, right. just make every effort to, to, to focus on your hardware bag and make that as light as possible. And like I said, mm-hmm. it's amazing how much easier that part of the job is, just carrying your stuff around. Because you can put all of this stuff, like I found these stands made by DW um, called Ultralights. And... Uh, and it's, they're just, they're laughably light. You can put six of these things in a bag and sling it over your shoulder. Wow. And, uh, you know, more, I think more companies really need to, to do that because mm-hmm. I think the majority of drummers out there don't have roadies. Like we're just, we're packing up our own gear and we're carrying it around and stuff and we need yeah. lighter stuff to carry. So for sure, I think, I think more companies are jumping on that train, and which is good. What about broadcast? But, Broadcasts. What do you mean? Like, um, well, I think the biggest challenge during the pandemic right now is people miking up their own drum sets 
Uh, and I ah. feel like I, I personally know a lot of people are just go, you know what? I tried it and I, it's too much. I gave up. I'm either going to pick up piano or uh, just <laughs> not do this anymore. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I mean, if you want to relate it to social media, like you just you want your drums to sound mm-hmm. good on social media. There's. I mean, there's obviously tons of methods on 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 micing your kit, but you can really you can get your kit to sound good with three mics, one overhead, one on the kick, and one on the snare is is really all you need. It doesn't have to be this super crazy, daunting task making your drums sound good. And it doesn't really matter how big your kit is, as long as it's set up nice and compact, um, you can get away with three mics pretty easy. So, do you have any videos on that on micing the kit? I don't, but I probably should. I guess now you have to. Sorry, <laughs> probably should. Or something. Yeah. All right, we'll look out for that. <laughs> now that you guys have set that up for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the pressure's one. on now. <laughs> we can cut this, but we'll probably forget to. So it's, it's We're not um, cutting it. People need to know. <laughs> um, speaking of content, too, how do you how do you kind of keep the ideas coming? Like multiple videos, even if it's just one. After years, I imagine it could get tricky to keep things fresh how do you approach that yeah i mean you know what sometimes it is a challenge trying to come up with something like i generally try to shoot videos every tuesday and sometimes i don't figure out what i'm doing until like tuesday morning so you know there there are a couple of different ways that you can approach that one way is to the cool thing about drums is that there's a lot of individual things that you can break down into topics right Mm-hmm. So you can, uh, for instance, a good example is, I think it was the top of 2018, um, I wanted to focus on developing drum solos. Okay. That's like 15 videos right there, right? Like if you know how to break sure. down from the very beginning to, you know, getting to the end, getting to your, your mm-hmm. destination, mm-hmm. you can break down, you can break that down into 10 lessons 12 lessons, 15 lessons, easy. Okay. True. Okay, yeah. The thing to to keep in mind is that viewers would prefer, at least for what I'm doing, or anything kind of educational, you don't want to throw too much stuff at them at one time, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So you want to be able to give them just smaller pieces to digest digest at a time. So don't put any pressure on yourself to come up with this super elaborate video. You can focus on just one thing and that'll be enough for them for that video. And then from there, you're going to decide, okay, let's go to the next step and do a video on this and then a video on this. And next thing you know, you got a series of videos on one topic. You're 10 videos in pretty easy, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So there's a sense of, there's, there's a way to plan your content out um, ahead of time. So you can do it that way. Another way you can do it is to uh, sort of gauge your next video on the performance of your last one or the feedback of your last one or whatever. That's another thing that I'll do. Um, Another thing that you can do is just put it out to your audience. So what do you guys want to know? You can use use your uh, Facebook community tab to to put out a poll Mm -hmm. and say, okay, well, I got four topics here. Which one of these topics... Are you guys most interested in, and then sure. mm-hmm. do that? 
That makes so, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So my wife came up with this really cool idea where um, we just kind of did that. We threw it out there. And then we just uh, encouraged people to email my website. Okay. And for the next year or two, heading into the next year, let us know what you guys want to learn. And we ended up with a spreadsheet, man, of like, oh, wow. like two or three pages of stuff wow. that, um, that people wanted to know. So we just kind of prioritized them, made them most popular to least popular. And then right there, it was like five months worth of content, like pretty easy. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So smokes. it's a good idea to, to just to take the pressure off yourself, plan a little bit ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like True. figure out, get some, some main topics, I guess, and then figure out how you can break them down to individual lessons. And then that makes sense. You know, just, just kind of do that. Um, so don't be a generalist per video. No. Mm. No. Right. no, don't try to cram everything into one video. Like it's okay to give them bite-sized pieces and let them digest a little bit at a time. They'll actually appreciate that because mm. they won't get ahead of themselves too easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, Give them time to sure. work on something, get good at that, and then feed them the next step. Do you like to create videos for different levels of players at a time? Like, do you alternate between pro, beginner, intermediate, or do you... How do you juggle that? Because those are very different lessons. That's, um, that's a really good question. One, one thing that I learned over the years, because in the beginning... I was focusing on just advanced stuff, mm -hmm. right? Things for advanced drummers and crazy drum licks and how to do this solo and how to play in, you know, 13, 16 and stuff like that. Um, but the thing about that, the thing that I realized soon after is that advanced drummers don't go on YouTube looking to learn stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. right? <laughs> They're looking to just be inspired and watch somebody play something. Right, but exactly. somebody that just bought their kit two weeks ago is going to jump on YouTube to figure out, you know, how do I set up my hi-hat stand? Right, Or exactly. how do I play my first beat? Stuff yeah. like that. If you cater all your content to advanced drummers, you're not going to get any traction. Because they're not there looking for that. Most of them think they right. know everything anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> So they're not on there, <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not on there looking how to play a drum fill or how to, how to do this groove or how to do that groove. So yeah. <clears throat> I really started to cater a lot to beginner and intermediate drummers because mm -hmm. those are the people that are really looking for information. For sure. Um, young drummers, I have a lot of older drummers watching me that are getting back into it after 50 years of raising their kids and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they just want, you know, they really appreciate the basics because the fact of the matter is there are a lot of drum channels on YouTube that focus on the fireworks and, and all of that crazy stuff. Mm. And a lot of that stuff goes over most people's heads. Right. It's entertaining to watch, but they're not going yeah. to learn anything from it. True. Yeah. So not only that, in, in most cases, if you're actually in a band... Uh, and you start playing like that, you're going to get fired from that band. Yeah, you totally will. People right? want you to the keep stuff time, only, mostly. That's it. it. It only goes so far, man. That's the, the whole 
crazy chops thing. It's yeah. it's cool at parties, for but us, really, yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff is what those advanced drummers are typing in to, to check out. You know, and even a lot of those right. get get boring after a while. So, <laughs> for um, sure. so yeah, I I I try yeah. to really kind of cater to the beginner and intermediate sort of demographic because those are those are the ones that are going to keep coming back for content. Yeah. That makes right? sense. All the guys, you, all the know-it-all drummers, all they're going to do is leave comments on your video saying, "Well, you should have did it this way and I did it what it <laughs> You know what I mean? 100%. So, yeah, I don't I don't worry about all those advanced guys too much. I do still have a, a, a short crowd of advanced drummers that just like to check out um, the content and stuff. Um, but for the most part, it's all about beginners and intermediates. Right. Where did you yeah. get the nickname Beatdown from? That happened on uh, Facebook. Okay. <laughs> they that, gave you the nickname? No, I just kind of... There's a lot of Rob Browns on Facebook. Yeah. And back when they actually allowed us to have nicknames, because they don't anymore, you got to use your real name or nothing. Oh, right. Remember that? Wow. Yeah. So I, I used to be... Uh, I can't remember what my nickname was before. I can't remember, but... I don't know. Beat One up. day I was just kind of sitting around and I was thinking of a cool nickname for, for what I do and just beat down just kind of made sense right, for a drummer. Okay. Um, and it just kind of stuck and then everybody started calling me beat down. It was the coolest thing. That is hilarious, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so now it's just kind of part of my yeah. part of my branding and stuff. So. It's just, yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, it's cool. Dariki thought it might have had some gangster ties. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought you were a real one. <laughs> <laughs> Real shot, real gangster. It, at least not real gangster, but fists only. It's <laughs> <laughs> so old school. Um, I saw a really cool video that you did with Drumio. Um, mm -hmm. That was awesome. Can you explain so what Drumio is to our audience? Um, yeah, okay. Oh, I feel like I feel like Rob. Not you, Rob. Suited to handle that. Well, <laughs> Drumio is a. A drum company, I believe they do educational <clears throat> videos, or at least they feature drummers. I'm not a drummer, yeah. so I'm not too in the too know, but I've, yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple, so <laughs> throw me on the spot. <laughs> okay. But the one that I did see uh, was your pocket drumming one, which was phenomenal. Um, oh, thanks, man. I actually had to send that out to a couple upcoming drummers that I know that I've had the great fortune of working with. Cool. Um, but yeah, huge, hugely important there, so... How did uh, how that opportunity come to be, and then how did you come up with that content? Was it just based on previous lessons, kind of thing? Um, well, we're going back to the beginning, and just to sort of elaborate on on your explanation of what Drumio is, Drumio is like the Oprah show of drum education. Like it's the okay. biggest platform online for drum education. They're they're absolutely the largest resource for. Um, Jeez, for sorry, Jamil. I undersold. <laughs> <laughs> undersold a little bit. Um, so it's a big deal. Like the world's best drummers have been on Drumio doing a bunch of stuff. Wow. So, anyways, um, over the last few years, like as my channel started getting more attention, I just kind of ended up in their radar, and uh, they just kept, you know. Just kept paying attention, I guess, to to what okay. I was doing. Yeah. And then eventually, like, I found myself 
starting to connect with almost everybody that works in the building, like either on IG, on Facebook or whatever. So eventually yeah. I just kind of became sort of social media friends with everybody that worked there. So that's, at one point I figured it was only a matter of time before somebody asked me to come on Dromeo. I'd already had a bunch of friends that had already been on there. My buddy Sarah yeah. Thauer, um, Larnell's been on there, soon, obviously. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. And we man. spoke to Larnell too. Still, she's a lot yeah. of fun. Um, but yeah, like I had a lot of friends that went on there. Mark Kelso's another one. So, oh, yeah. you know, I was kind also of a local drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these, all these people are local. Um, so I found myself kind of in the lineup. And I knew eventually somebody was going to reach out. I didn't know when it was going to happen, but it was just kind of a matter of time. And it's funny because everybody kept saying, Rob, you should contact Dromeo and see if you can go on. But I'm all about just letting the process happen, right? right. I'd rather be ready yep. than get ready. Mm, so That's big. That's a um, good one. However long it took, I'm just going to wait it out. And eventually they'll call me. And, and sure enough, they did. I got an email from Dave uh, last, last uh, August, I think it was. Where are they located? And they're in Vancouver. They're, they're oh, way out in BC. I didn't know they're Canadian. I didn't yeah, know they're Canadian, man. Apparently, I don't yeah, know anything about them, so that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> they're 100% Canadian. So, yeah. So, anyways, so they contacted me, and I flipped out. Like, I finally got the call to do drumming. Right. And so, basically, what happens is they, they call you up, and they start you start hashing out ideas for content. Like, what... What kind of stuff do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And they kind of leave it up to you because, you know, they want you to be comfortable and, and, and stuff like that. So Play to your strengths, all that. Yeah, play to your strengths, exactly. <clears throat> so when they asked me um, what, I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to talk about, one of my favorite things to talk about is pocket and time playing. Those are, those are my two favorite things to talk about. So... Tell us what the pocket is you know, first. Pocket is basically, it's kind of hard to describe, man. It's like you know, when, you, when you bite into a nice brisket <laughs> mm-hmm. and it tastes real good, but you can't really explain why. That's, That's what fine. pocket is. Like when you hear okay. a groove, <laughs> yeah, when you yeah, hear yeah. a groove and it just kind of sits and it floats just feels right. real nice, you don't know why you started moving. You just started moving. Right? Sure. Exactly. There's just kind of this thing where there's all the elements kind of line up. The dynamics are perfect. The mm-hmm. feel is perfect. All of this stuff just kind of, like even the sound selection is perfect. True. All of that kind of stuff just kind of adds up and creates this sort of pocket that just feels awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's the one thing that I thought, okay, if I'm going to, if I got one shot at this, and, and I have one opportunity to teach a large number of drummers one thing, this is going to be it. Right. Because there's enough resources out there where they can figure out how to throw their chops around and stuff. But pocket true, is true. what we get paid for. Okay. So if I got one shot, this is what it's going to be. So, yeah, so we just kind of decided, okay, well, let's, let's, do a, let's do a live lesson on just how to develop the best pocket that you can. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of my own sort of ideas on how to make that happen. So I just kind of threw it all together and kind of outlined it in the one lesson. And that's what we did. And it, it, the response was 
friggin', it was awesome. Yeah, it was told a great me, video, man. Yeah, man. Like they told me, like I don't know if you guys knew this, or even I'm supposed to tell you, but <laughs> tell us, tell us. Sorry. It's it's <laughs> it starts as a live lesson. So okay. you go there, you sit on the kid, they turn on the cameras, and you're live, right? Later on, um, that gets edited down to like a one-hour video and then uploaded to, to YouTube. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <clears throat> so the live lesson was a little bit longer than what you saw on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and it went out to all of their members first. And then a few weeks later, it gets released mm. to, to the general public. See, they're doing the member so, thing. Uh, what's that? <laughs> they're doing the member thing, Dariki's idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The membership model is huge. Yeah. Huge. Like it's, it's, I mean, if that's, if that's one thing that you want to get into, like that's, it's a lot of upkeep if you're doing it mm-hmm. by yourself. True. But yeah. the membership model is, is, a, is a really good one if you can handle it. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was a huge one. I also noticed on your website that you do have some, I guess they were albums, right? But they're more like play along type of things. Mm-hmm. Is that what you put up? Um, how do how how do those work for drummers? Because there's no is there a video involved in that too? Is it like a full DVD uh, or is it like a play along? Not really. really like it's just far. a it's just a resource. Like one okay one thing that um, and I don't know if you, if you guys wanted to get into this later, but for me, like because this is this is what I do and 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 this is my main source of income. Mm-hmm. What I really wanted to do is is set up as many different streams of income as as I can. As long as it right. all revolves around playing the drums, yep, I'm good. So, right. you know, one of my strengths is just writing music. Like I've always been, I've always been involved with, with keyboards and you know arranging stuff and things like that. So it's just another cool. thing that I could tap into where I could use that to offer um, viewers and subscribers of the channel a resource that they can use to practice at home. Gotcha. So I just wrote a couple of albums of just some simple, like, play-along songs that they could throw in their headphones, sit around the drums and and play that are easy enough to to figure out. Like, there's no crazy arrangements or nothing. Okay. Um, But it's something that I wanted to offer because I already had the audience, so why mm. not, right? Right. So, I, I, yeah, I, I wrote two albums, one to help with the pocket and then the other to help with solo development. Um, wrote them right here at the house, found out, like I did some, resource, some research online and found out you know, what I could use to get it out there, like on iTunes and Spotify and whatever else people are right. checking out music. Um, and I landed on this website called TuneCore, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. TuneCore is like a like a like an online music distributor. Right. Yep. So you could create your own albums, and then upload it to just, just open up a TuneCore account, upload it, upload your albums or your singles to TuneCore, and then they distribute it everywhere, anywhere right. you can download music. It's now available. So, yeah. So that's basically what keep I did. So one hundred percent of their sales, right? Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, and you make, you know, you're obviously making money off that as well. Like it's a good, it's a good way to make a little little extra dough. Um, for sure. If that's if that's something you can do, you know, tap into that, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Diversifying seems to. Oh, my voice cracked. Hi. Diversifying <laughs> uh, seems to really be something that is no longer just a an interesting thing to do, but it's a prerequisite now for success. Uh, yeah. It seems like the 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 days of. Um, you know, just a cocktail drummer. I mean, that can be a gig for a while, but that mm-hmm. comes and goes. And it seems like anybody who wants to work in, in media in general um, needs to build up their literacy and a few other things, right? Like video editing, yeah. you had to pick that up and and yeah. uh, and teaching when, when that's applicable. And um, how else do you diversify what you do? Uh, that's a, that's, I'm glad we're on this because this is something that, that I really kind of wanted to talk about because you nailed it. Like it's, it's super, super, super important. If you're going to decide to have a career as a full-time musician, um, let's say you're a drummer. If you're a drummer and you're listening right now, it's super important not to think of yourself as a full-time drummer. You're way more than that. Right. You're a self-employed musician. So that means whatever you can do that you can relate to whatever it is that you're good at, dip your hand in that pot because right. it used to be, you know, what like 20, 30 years ago, full-time drummer just meant you're gigging, you're teaching, and you're recording. Right. Now, right. Yeah. there's so many other opportunities um, that you can do related to your craft that you can turn in to, you know, a stream of income. Yes. So, yeah, diversification, man. That's, that's, man, that's like, that's super, super important. Because the thing is, like, even the busiest drummers with national touring acts eventually have to come back and do something. Especially with, right? Like, like, right now. COVID, Especially yeah. right now, Especially, like everything's yeah. cool or after until the injury. pandemic hits or after an injury, right? Yeah, life happens. So, you know, with the gigging thing, when it's good, it's awesome. But when it stops, right. it sucks. Yep. So, you know, the more stuff you can set up in the meantime that you can do related to your instrument, the better. So to answer your question, I have five or six different streams of uh of income so it starts at the top with youtube youtube is kind of my grand central station for everything this is the hub right right Mm -hmm. from there i sell music um on tunecore i also i'm i'm very involved with merch like i sell a lot of this type of stuff okay okay nice like it yeah protect Um, the rhythm is that what that says Rooted in rhythm. Rooted, Rooted in rhythm. In rhythm. Mm, yeah. Better. So I was able to sort <laughs> of, is hard. I had an opportunity to, to do this little partnership thing with Puma, which is really cool. Oh, that's, Puma. that's cool. dope. That's oh, really oh. cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fancy yeah. pants. Right? <clears throat> what? It's a fancy pants. It's a fancy pants. No big deal. You know, I'm diversifying. Yeah. I got my lessons. Yeah. Also got Puma, a partnership with nothing. Puma. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. That's funny. 
That's awesome, uh, man. So yeah, so I got there's the YouTube thing, there's an income there, and then there's there's the merch thing. I sell music. I have an ebook out for beginner drummers as well that um, that people can can purchase. Um, Like there's there's a few different things that I'm doing that are all kind of related to Mm -hmm. the channel. So that's that's my outlet to sort of get everything out to um, to to my audience. So. That's a super important thing, man, because here's the thing. <clears throat> Back when I was gigging, you know, I was I was doing okay, but I wasn't really making a ton of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I left my job, like I was saying before, like that was my priorities to become like a full-time touring musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when a pandemic hits or when you have an injury, then that stops. Right. Right? That that could be kind of a big thing. So I didn't really start making like really good sustainable income until I put gigging way down on the totem pole. Right, right. Interesting. Okay. And it's it's not to discourage anybody from doing that because, you know, full-time gigging musician is the coolest job you'll ever have because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things you're going to be able to do that you wouldn't do at a desk job. Yeah. But that can't be it. You got you got to think of of more stuff than that. You have to sort of think yourself more as, as as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. How yep. many different things can I do related to what I love to do? Whether it's yep. whether it involves playing or whether it doesn't. This doesn't involve playing, mm-hmm. but I love right. it. Like I love creating merch for drummers, just cool stuff that they can wear to rehearsals and gigs and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we all love wearing cool hoodies and cool t-shirts and stuff like that. So Absolutely. I wanted to make sure that I tapped into that market as well. Um, if you're, if you have a gift for communication or speaking, mm-hmm. maybe you want to start a podcast on drumming, talk uh-huh. to different drummers and, and see, see, you know, see what you can do there. You can eventually like if your there. podcast, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if your podcast gets popular, then you can start advertising you can start attracting advertisers right. who will pay to advertise on your podcast. And there's another stream. Right. Right. Right there. Yep. You're never going to make a ton of dough doing one thing absolutely but that's the real i think you nailed you nailed yeah. it on the head when you said yeah, they got to start thinking like entrepreneurs start not yeah, like musicians open yourself we've up heard that theme to, a lot to, from a different a lot do. of really really right. high level people they're echoing the same thing treat it as a business treat mm-hmm. it as you're an entrepreneur not just a musician and i think that can really help set up a lot of people for success that's great advice for yeah sure. man mindset absolutely. Mindset is absolutely everything with this. When you when you decide to become a self-employed musician, this is your storefront. So you have to treat right. it that way. You have to you gotta you gotta That's think you, of marketing. You brand, right? You're the brand, man. You gotta think of marketing, advertising, branding, all of that stuff. Uh, when you have a YouTube channel, it is by far the best outlet for you to do all of that stuff. Yeah, for and sure. Easy. You know, the, the other really cool thing about that is is that because I'm still just a one-man operation with my channel, and I prefer to mm-hmm, keep it yeah. that way, at least for now. But the thing is, you learn so much stuff when you have a, when you have a channel because you got to wear so many different hats. Yeah. You're the personality. You're the cameraman. You're the video editor. You're the marketer. You're the promoter. You're everything when you have a channel. Exactly, yeah. So you have to learn. You just, you end up getting good at a ton of stuff 
mm-hmm. because you're doing it all yourself, right? Because you have to. True. So yeah. that sort of sense of, of discovery about yourself is pretty exciting because you end up finding out a whole bunch of stuff that you're really good at. Absolutely. And, and some people find out, you know what? I want to be a video editor, not a musician. That happens too. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. Sure. That that totally happens. That can totally happen. You can completely fall in love with video editing and decide to go that way. Um, there are options, yeah. You know, there's just there's so many options that you can do. So if this is what you're looking to to get into, I urge you to just don't just focus on the gigging because that's only going to be good when it's good. Right. When it's not, you're going to be looking for something to do. If you something got bills else, to pay, yeah. right? So thankfully, you know, because I've been able to, to hop on that early enough, the pandemic didn't affect my income at all because I had already right. set up all of these things. And, you know, the majority of my income is online. Yeah, that's amazing. Beautiful. So amazing. I didn't have to worry about losing gigs or any of that kind of because I wasn't I wasn't gigging. Right. Yeah. And when you when you do gig, you have enough free time to go do that. You can go out for two weeks have at a time. Have fun with it too, right? Time. Exactly. Have fun yeah. with it, right? And the yeah, other beautiful yeah. thing about when you have a channel, and even if it picks up and you have to get away from actually making videos in your house, when you have a channel, you can turn anything into content. Right. 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 If you end up having to leave and go on the road for three weeks, you can just start vlogging and start yep. making videos while you're on yeah. the road. Yeah. So now you got this happening and you got this happening at the same time. So big. That's beautiful. Diversification, man. Huge words. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking, it's a huge thing. I think that's the show title right there. Diversification. It's a freaking huge thing. Huge. (laughs) Rob, we got to thank you, man. You gave a shout out to Puma. You gave it a shout out to Drumeo. You gave a shout out to YouTube. You got to give a shout out to yourself now. Where do people find you? You can just, if you just jump on YouTube, just type in Rob Brown Drums, my channel will pop right up. Awesome. Hit that subscribe button. First um, and foremost. Yeah, we're doing really good, man. We just passed 200,000 subscribers or something like that. Congratulations. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. Um, 206 when I saw. It's big. Yeah. Huge, really. That is and amazing, the, man. The, the channel's still growing, man. It's still growing. It's a good, we're, we're doing cool stuff over here, so... Check it out. Well, we'll definitely be paying attention over the next couple months and watching that grow as well, for sure. Thank you so much for joining us, man. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Rob. All right. Really interesting stuff. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com Captivate today to start your free trial.